belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for August 20th, 2023 is called Known, Seeing Behind and Looking Ahead. The speaker is John Ray and Laura Holland, and the location is Miller Lodge, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, good morning, everybody. Again, it is John Ray. It truly is. I know it's uh, it's a little bit shocking, shocking for me as well. Um, really glad to be back. We'll talk more about that later. But we want to to recognize a couple things going on. Um, one is just the the ongoing uh, weather conditions in our world that are causing a lot of pain and suffering for people right now. Whether that is fires in one place or flooding in another place or heat in another place, um, just asking for mercy for that, and even in our own community this coming week. As uh, Betty said, it's going to be exceptionally hot for those who don't have adequate air conditioning and shelter. It's going to be tough for that. Uh, the second thing is that breaks my heart, but Ann Miller is leaving. She's moving to Colorado, back to Colorado, and this is her last Sunday with us. Um, so make sure that you get lots of hugs and um, all of that. Uh, with that, but Anne, you have been an exceptionally strong part of this church uh, to me personally as well. Your encouragement has been invaluable at times. Um, and I'm, we're really going to miss you. We're really going to miss you. So thank you for everything that you have brought, everything, every, everything that you, ha- that you are in this community. Um, you, you have made this a uh, very special place. So thank you with that. So what I'd like to do now is I'll just, I'll offer a prayer and then we will pray the Lord's Prayer together and then turn it over to Alex and the team with that. So take a minute and take a deep breath. Maybe close your eyes, open your palms. Creator God, we stand in a world that is out of tilt in a way. Our our avarice and ignorance and activities have caused destruction for all those we share this planet with. And even though we are privileged to sit here this morning cool and comfortable, we know that that is not the norm for most people and creatures on this planet right now. And so we ask you to heal us and show us the path of healing to walk. And God, we thank you for those that are leading us on this path like Christina in the area of economic justice and restoration to community of people who have been separated. That there is restoration going on there and we pray your blessing on their work. We pray for Anne as she travels back to Colorado and reestablishes herself there with her family. Grateful for all that she has been to us. While mourning that she's leaving. We pray a blessing on her to take with her all that is good and true and beautiful. 
And God, for us as a church, as we enter in this first week of school, for so many of our teachers and our kids, the college students who start Monday, that you would use this church as a place of encouragement and restoration, of rest and renewal for our students, for our teacher, for our faculty, for our staff who are here. And God, all these things we pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, we, I'm really excited about uh, today and the next few weeks. You know, we just came out of a period where we've been talking about Exodus, and we're pausing on that for a moment, and we're going to come back into it again. But uh, one of the things that I know from my own uh, experience during this season is this idea that story is really important and how God was using um, different people and different voices and things like that in the story of Exodus to, to begin to remind them of who he was and what he was doing and what he was up to. And so we're going to enter into a season where we're going to be doing that as well at Grace Church. Um, my friend Laura has written this curriculum when she was getting her doctorate degree, and it's called the Known Curriculum. And it's for churches to help Right? Each other be known. And I think John's going to talk a little bit more and Laura's going to talk more about that in a minute. But um, one of the things that we do here at Grace that I think is important is we actually write some of our own music. And we do that. We've done that for years primarily because, you know, we have a story too. <laughs> we have a story. And so as we begin to unpack that over the next few weeks, what I wanted to do today was to begin, maybe take a step back in history and walk you guys through some of the music that has been a part of our journey um, together. And I'm going to try to do it without uh, getting choked up. So, um, has anybody ever seen Kevin dance? Nobody? All right. So uh, I know that we're, I want, to start to, I want our attention to be on God, but also out of the corner of your eye, uh, just watch Kevin this morning, because we're going to stand, because this first song we're going to do is a song that I wrote called We Are Not Captives of This World. And I wrote it in a season for myself and for the church where this, uh, this notion of the fact that we've been released from our shame into something, and that we are allowed to be free as a result of that that we're not bound by that anymore. And so it's like our jubilee, right? Um, so anyway, uh, Kevin, would you lead everybody in standing? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there, is a, there is a line in here, dance with the free. So, nope, now you got to stay in it. Okay,
way a little bit. We are not captives of this world. We've been delivered both righteous and pure. We are not captives of this world. We now belong to give our freedom, both lasting and secure. We are no longer set in chains or bound by our flaws. Those chains have fallen free with one final throw of a hammer to a nail and the trumpet's mighty sound. Between songs. 
I normally don't like to do that, but uh, there's a couple of things that I think I want to say. So, um, this next song, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, a lot of the contemporary Christian music that was sung today is was written by about four different groups. Hillsong was a big one. You guys probably heard of them. Um, but they also, as a group and collectively, they've been really, in some ways, I feel like, um, over-guiding, if you would, the theology behind the music that's sung. And so part of writing new stuff is, okay, there's just new stuff to be said. I mean, God's big. There's a lot of things that we don't say uh, now. And so uh, there's also a lot of new artists that are coming out. Uh, this guy, uh, Jervis Campbell, is one that I've really enjoyed. And, uh, and so this next song, is one of those that's not from the big four. Not from the big four. Not from Bethel, not from Hillsong. What's that? <laughs> Though it all fades away Though it all fades away Days of my youth, where are you going now? Going to, won't even say goodbye. There's no use, ready to fall, knowing you, it's better in time. Away. 
So this is, next song is called As One, and it was written by a guy who used to lead worship here for a while. His name's Brandon Skinner, still a, still a friend of mine. Um, I haven't made him mad yet that I know of, but uh, I really love the spirit of this song when he introduced it, um, uh, and particularly as it, as it relates to this concept of unity, unity in the church. Um, I wish it were true more broadly than just us as a collective. But it's hard. I mean, doing church together is hard. And sometimes it can be, uh, my wife likes to say, there ain't no church, you know, hurt like church hurt sometimes. You know, we tend to be that way with each other. But this, this line that says, my hope is that all will be as one in Jesus. And when we take communion here, that's what we think about a lot, which is there's a centering that happens. Like under the, it's probably hard for us to get along on our own, but under the lordship of Jesus, under the headship of Jesus, there's a chance for us to have unity. And my hope is that all will be as one in Jesus. And my soul, it will bow before the sun. Forever, just listen to those words. And my hope is that all will be as one in Jesus. And my soul, it will bow before the sun. Sacrifice and my hope is 
John Ray, really glad that you're here today, um, joining with us at Grace Church. I have had the incredible privilege uh, to spend the last few weeks revisiting a number of the places that I spent time as a kid, in the mountains and the rivers, um, both leading retreats and participating in retreats, and uh, just having some fun as well with that. It's a generous gift, for sure, with that. I was able to fish rivers, ride trails, and camp under the stars that played such an important part of making me who I am today. One afternoon, as Ryan Jackson and I drove along skirting the Grand Teton Mountains to our right, the setting sun lit them with an otherworldly glow. And I felt time stopping. Then moving in reverse, I saw myself as I was 40 years earlier, driving that same road, sitting staring at the same mountains, wondering about the time that passed in between. Who was I then? Who am I now? Where am I headed? These past weeks spent on the roads and rivers of my youth have had a profound effect on me. First, I am more grateful than I have ever been for the formative experiences of my youth and the incredible opportunities they have opened up to me since. It is not an exaggeration for me to say I wouldn't be standing here today who I am without those experiences. But that's not unique to me. Our histories, our stories, they define us. What is unique is taking the time and having the space and encouragement to reflect and understand those stories. Our world rarely allows for such space and offers no such encouragement. 
Our world would much rather define us by its story. A story of consumerism, raw biological process, conflict and competition, violence and loneliness. But that is not the story we have to live. We can live a different one. One of goodness and grace, beauty and redemption, truth and generosity. These next weeks at Grace, we'll be looking at our collective story as a church while encouraging each of us to examine our personal stories. We will take time to share them, develop them, and live more deeply into them. Just like the people, of the, just like the people God delivered out of Egypt and into the promised land, we need to remember, and not just remember, but rehearse the story, to live into the story that God is writing in us, among us, and through us, both as individuals and as a community. Now, this isn't as easy as it sounds. It takes effort and intention. It takes the consistent encouragement of community and ever-evolving practice. This story isn't static, but rather dynamic and multifaceted, involving our history, mission, values, and is given in, and it gives witness to the ways, in the ways that we relate to others, our community, and to God. Shannon noted this week that if we are the same church we were 25 years ago, when we began, we would still be in Egypt. It's the same for us individually. If you're the same person that you were 25 years ago, 25 years ago last year, you're not moving out of the places where God wants to take you out of and into the places where God wants you to be. You see, these stories, the way we understand them, the stories we tell ourselves, the story we allow to be told about us, they come to define us. They come to set the agenda for where we, what we think is possible, what we think is true, what we think is good and beautiful. And so getting the story right is essential. Fortunately for us as a congregation, and this is... For us as a congregation to have the richness that we're about to talk, it's, we're batting way above our... <laughs> We're way above our league with this. But Laura Holland has spent the last three years developing a curriculum that specifically does that, that helps people and groups and churches understand their story, tell their story, live into their story. So I'm going to have Laura come up and explain this a little bit. And this is what we'll be practicing these, new, these next few weeks. make this work. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I am honestly really emotional. Um, that's something that I spent three years dreaming about and a hypothetical thing that I'm getting, getting the opportunity to, um, to put it into practice with people that I love. So thank you in advance for that. But um, as John said, starting in the fall of 2020, I began my doctoral program at Portland Seminary focused on church, culture, and then the signs that we as the people of the church should be looking for. What should we be paying attention to? And my research focus, though it took a little bit of time to nail it down and really figure out what I was going to do, I wanted to look at hospitality and connection practices 
both in the church and in general. And the notes that I put in my personal notebooks, not that I shared with my cohort or with my professor, was this, that I wanted to provide an alternative option to programs that are essentially look like us and think like us to become a part of us. I knew that we could do better. And in theory, it's not a bad thing to know where you are going, to know the history, to know the story. But what I found is that in the programs that existed, and these are usually like welcome programs, assimilation programs, groups, classes, that what was planned isn't what, what we saw happen. And so I started researching. And first and foremost, my research showed that our most secure attachments occur when we feel known. We bond with other people when we are seen as an individual. When what makes us unique is recognized, is celebrated, and acknowledged, that is when we are able to be vulnerable with each other and share more. That is when we are able to trust and build relationships. And this isn't a church thing. This is a people thing. But as people, we make up the church. So it's important that we pay attention to that. And so often, right now, this process of knowing is one-sided. The church shares its story and leaves it at that. And so this is going to take a different approach. It's two-sided, as John has already, already said. My further research showed that stories connect us and they build trust, and that good questions have a transformative quality far beyond any other conversational type. Not only do they build greater connections, but they also elicit change. And that's what we want. Belong, become, believe, become. It includes the idea of change and growth. And so it was this findings that created the foundation of the experience that I developed called Gnome. So it uses question prompts to help deliver our stories. And both the church and the members are given the opportunity to share the stories of our history, mission, vision, values, community, and culture. And so not only was Grace super supportive as I was going through this, and many of you provided feedback, participated in small group sessions, you guys were hugely um, integral in this entire process. But now we get to, to practice it here. And so what will it look like for us? The church's stories will be shared during our weekly teaching time. And um, that kicks off this week. And then each of us will have the opportunity to share our stories, some within the weekly teaching, but more broadly within our table groups. Um, and we will be using the known curriculum to guide that. And again, Belong, Become, Believe is the connection and discipleship foundation at Grace. And known is intended to help build into each of those communally and individually. So um, I shared earlier that my goal was to develop something that went beyond look like us and think like us to become a part of us. But I think that it's helpful specifically with this group to share part of um, the genesis of realizing this isn't good. Because I already knew that I found that approach unwelcoming, sometimes dishonest. Um, and it wasn't something that made me very comfortable to be a part of it. But it wasn't until Tim and I had a conversation with John that like, I could really put my finger on what exactly the issue was. So Tim and I started attending Grace in um, April of 2020. 
So we joined an online community. And it, a few months later, in that same summer, John came over to our backyard, said six feet away at least, and answered the questions that we had, shared the story of, of grace, and um, just let us know that we were welcomed, that we were a part of things. And at the end, after sharing um, kind of the story to that point, he stopped and he said, but our story is going to be different with you guys being a part of it. And it hit me, like, that wasn't unique to us. That was simply a recognition that in all good relationships, both parties change as a result. And I loved that that is what grace leaned into, and that was really the genesis of what I ended up developing. So John already said, the stories that are, we are telling are not static. This is not the story of who grace was, is, and always will be. It's a snapshot of who we are now with the understanding and great hope that we will change as a result of you and our relationships with one another. So I am really excited and really hopeful. If anyone has any questions about research, I'd love to talk about that, or just this in general, I'm available, but I'm going to give it back to, to John. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. You know, we've been incredibly proud of you as you've worked so diligently. And Tim and the kids, I know that that's been a all, all hands on deck deal for sure um, with that. So thanks for doing that. I want to invite you if you um, if you've been part of Grace for a very long time or this is your first time here, you're welcome to join on this journey with us. This is, this is one that we're going to be taking all together with this. I had this opportunity this summer, as I talked about, to take a good chunk of time and reflect on my life in the places where a lot of the formative experiences happen. And that's a gift. Not all of us get that gift. Not all of us have that opportunity. But that doesn't mean we can't do the same work. We're going to be engaging in that same work this year through this known curriculum with that. Is we may not be physically present in those places that formed us, but we can still go there. We can remember, we can ask questions, and we can tell stories about that. And I think what we will find will surprise us. I really do. I, you know, I, it's, it's probably just my nature. Um, being a bit of a risk taker to jump into something and say, hey, we'll figure it out as we go. But that's what we're doing here. We don't have, we don't have like this preconceived location or destination that we want to get to with this. We genuinely want to go and find out where we're supposed to go as we're going. And that's going to take all of us. That's going to take us doing this together. Um, and it reflects, as Laura said so well, that this is part of what it means to belong. We can't belong to each other if we don't know each other. We don't know each other's story. If we don't know where we've come from and where we're going, what our hopes are. And as we practice that, we will become different people. 
We will grow. We will change. We will learn as we do that. And that will inform our belief. That's when we can confess our belief with integrity and vitality and passion with that. So again, whether you're part of, uh, been part of Grace for a long time or you're just here, we invite you to go on this journey with us. You know, Alex took the time to, to talk about where some of the songs have come from with this. And we're going to be talking about different bits and pieces of our history throughout the next eight weeks. Um, one of the things that is important to our history is this table right here. Um, we had this made a number of years ago to reflect the theology of what we believed about the communion table. If you'll notice that when you come up here, there's one end that is raw, that is totally unfinished. And then you have the middle section, which is somewhat finished. And then you have this end, which is perfectly finished with that. And that's very intentional with the idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom that was, that is, and that is coming. The way that none of us start off here, and not all of us are here. But we're all moving on a journey. It's a, it's a momentum thing that we're moving. We're constantly moving from unfinished to somewhat finished to rough to the end result with that. It's also made of three different kinds of wood put together, but made one table reflecting the Trinity with that. And then the roots where we are abiding, this table roots us to each other and it roots us in the communion of the saints. Those who have gone before us, those who will come after us, those who are in different places with that. And so this table is very symbolic for us. And as, I, as we invite you up today to take this, we're, we'll take it individually. Um, be mindful of that story. The story that God has told through your life, that is telling through your life, that will tell through your life. There's, it's multifaceted. There are parts of it that are just still really raw, unformed. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it's going to be. There are parts where you're starting to see, maybe, hey, maybe this is what it's going to be like. Maybe this is where I am. And then there's those parts that you're like, ah, that I know. That part I know. That part is, is good. It's well-formed. It's shaped. None of us have it all together. None of us are at just one place in this table. So, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And then I've got to scoot out because I haven't seen my wife in five weeks. And uh, I, just got, I just got information that her flight is arriving early. So, <laughs> you can bet I'm going to be at the airport there to pick her up. Um, pray with me as we begin this act of being remembered at the table. Jesus, you didn't come just spouting doctrine. You didn't leave us a law book, a rule book, and then walk away, expect us to figure it out. You gave us yourself, you gave us your story, and you invited us into your story. That story catalyzed and focused on the table that you shared that last night with your disciples. 
all of your actions and all of your teachings had led up to it. Everything that proceeded flows from it. But this table that says everyone is welcome, no exceptions. Whether you feel like you've got it all together or it's all falling apart, you're welcome at this table. Whether you believe or you could care less, you're welcome at this table. Whether you have been faithful or faithless, you are welcome at this table. There is no one who is excluded. Because on that last night when Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood, and he took the bread and he said, this is my body, and I give it unto you, that's what he did. He gave it to us. That's what we received today, what was given to us. So God, we take this gratefully and humbly in the mess that we are, with the hopes of something better. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. If you would like to give, you can go to gracechurchnwa.org forward slash give. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.